This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons, and of course Michael, sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. You still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Welcome back to the Patriots Dynasty podcast. 2001 week six moving along uh, <laughs> with us today we uh changing up a bit don't have mike today but we do have the brown brothers greg and steve and also you may have heard kelly Greg's wife. my wife <laughs> how are you guys doing i'm doing great yeah. kelly, i was asking kelly i'm doing wonderful thank you good Steve, how are you? Fantastic. Yeah? You sound fantastic. <laughs> Especially with that heavy breathing. Thanks for that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, no, this is quality radio. I can't wait to edit all this out. This is going to be fantastic. You're not editing anything. Don't lie. <sighs> <sighs> well, it's a lot to- easier when it's just me and Mike. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Wait, when did you just when did you do just oh, you and Mike? Boy. The last two weeks. Yeah. We've still been going. This has still been happening. Let it go. So it went really well. Um it's actually probably a good idea that we catch you up a bit actually, because our listeners may need some of that as well. Now that we're kind of getting through the season. So the last time we had you guys on was the first Colts game, right? Yes. The, uh, Brady's first start. When um, they surprisingly blew out the Colts, but Brady really didn't do much. Uh, after that, Patriots went down to Miami and did what they always do in Miami and got um, their shit pushed in by Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas and the Miami defense. They beat the hell out of Brady and um, they got run over by Lamar Smith. Was that his name? Mm-hmm. The old school Dolphins running back who looks just like Antoine Smith, but in a Dolphins uniform. Uh, so that, I wouldn't say you missed that game. I don't think I'd watch that ever again. That would be fine. But last week was against the then San Diego Chargers that had, uh, you're actually going to enjoy this. It had on defense, it had Junior Seo, that middle linebacker, peak Junior Seo. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And also Rodney Harrison playing safety, which I don't know if you could say that was peak Rodney Harrison, but it was one of his peaks. And then at quarterback was hometown boy Doug Flutie. That's right. Yes, yes. With his um, his Ty Law esque backpedal every time he took a snap under center. Oh yeah, he sprinted backwards. I've never seen anybody put so much effort into everything. He was um, Drew Brees before Drew Brees in terms of how much effort he puts into every throw. And uh, even like when he's in the shotgun and he's like lifting his foot to get the snap, he's like stomping. The man just, he was 110 all the time. And I don't know if you knew this, but he's actually from Massachusetts. The uh, commentators mentioned it a couple times. Oh yeah, did he play like BC? Oh yeah. And uh, he he threw Hail Mary. Yeah. He's from, he's from like Needham or something like that. I can't remember exactly where they said he was from, but they said it a bunch. 
I thought he went to Harvard. No, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know. <laughs> Dude, he's from fucking Brockton. There it is. I knew it was one of those he's, ones that you have to say with a Boston accent. He's in Walpole, dude. Walpole? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's right. Town in his radio. They actually posted an um, uh, infographic of his record in the state of Massachusetts. And none of them were Patriots games. Uh, but uh, the game was actually a really good one because it was the first one Brady actually was the reason they won it. Uh, me and Mike were actually talking about how the uh, like even though we knew well I knew what the actual score was he goes in not knowing apparently but I knew that the Patriots won this and there was like eight minutes left at the end of the fourth quarter and they're down ten points I'm like I, I think I may be watching the wrong game I, I don't think they win this but Brady pulled it out in the end drove him down fourth quarter touchdown and then drove him down again to score the game winning field goal by Adam Vinatieri a few weeks ago, the New England Patriots at 0-2 and behind Tom Brady playing for the injured group Bledsoe shocked the Indian. What the fuck? I'm going to come clean here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say something. I watched the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Dolphins game. I have a lot of notes on the uh, Jay Fiedler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you just heard was me bringing up YouTube. <laughs> Highlights of Patriots Colts week six. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you'll need them, but I guess me and Steve are driving this one. The David Patton game. It was. That's exactly yeah, right. This is like the first game I, I remember from the season. I don't remember that Chargers game at all. No, I didn't really oh, remember oh, any of it yeah. either. Third one touchdown catch? Yes. That was yeah, the first game of the year, right? It was his first game of the year. Yep. He was back and then he. he Pulled a hammy in practice the week before this game and travel with the team. And, you know, there's all sorts of bullshit going on about how, yeah, he can actually, maybe he can play or maybe he can't, but he traveled with the team and maybe he'll play with the injured hammy. And then the Patriots said, nah, fuck it. So, <laughs> you want to hear my uh, from? Yeah, I actually do. All right, so Jay Fiedler, obviously a Dartmouth grad. Yep. Undrafted. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if you knew about that. Excuse me? In the National Jewish Museum Sports Hall of Fame. Ah, okay. He was uh, a deep dive. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Must be slim pickings. Apparently, yeah, apparently he was uh, – like, that was, like, a lot of his reputation was how he was Jewish and good at football. No shit. Yeah, and uh, Chris Berman he used to call him the Fiedler on the Roof, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, which I didn't realize was about Jewish people. I mean, I heard of Fiddler on the Roof, but... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put that with Jewish people either. No. Yeah, and uh, I, also, I also went down a little rabbit hole on JewishJournal.com. Okay. And he was, uh, the title of the article is Jay Fiedler, the second best Jewish quarterback ever. <laughs> who's number one? I am on pins and needles needing to know who's number one. Sid Luckman. Oh. All uh, right. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Sure. Also, um, 
it, there was an interview in the article, and they asked him, Brady or Manning? And his answer was Brady. Oh, okay. good. So, you know, jump a couple spots in my book. Yeah. Um, also, he joined the pro volleyball, beach volleyball tournament in 2008 after he retired. Fuck yeah. He competed in one tournament, was 0 and 1. Zero dollars. <laughs> there was a quote in there that said, Fiedler said he practiced once for the match and otherwise had only played volleyball at summer camps and in gym class. <laughs> so I thought, awesome. How long have you spend reading about Jay Fiedler, Greg? Dude, he's, he's a lot. Enough. Also, in 2005, um, him and Chad Pennington, when they're on the Jets, oh, yeah. had season-ending injuries within seven plays of each other. Oh, I remember that. And they brought a 41-year-old Vinny Testaverde off his couch. Yeah, they did. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have on this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you actually get to see any of Jay Fiedler play? And yeah, how yeah, man. He was he a was, better player than I remembered. Well, that's all he had. He was supposed to. Be, he was the next quarter, quarterback after Dan Marino. Like he was supposed yep. to be Marino's replacement. Yep. And he fucking wasn't. He was okay though. He had a decent career. He he could run around, but the man had no <clears throat> awareness of where anybody else was on the field when he was running. Yeah. Because that man took some fucking shots in the past game. <laughs> yeah, he so did. What you're saying is he's the best Dolphins quarterback they've had since Marino. Hey, how dare you disrespect Chad Pennington like that? <laughs> what about Cleo Lemon? Ooh. Ryan Tannehill, thank you very much. Brock Osweiler. We yeah. can go down this road. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you could say is the best quarterback that the Jets or the Bills or the Dolphins have had since any of their yeah, previous best quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Jets don't have a, a, a good quarterback. Joe Namath. Joe Namath, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, how about we actually talk about the game we came to talk here about? Which, yeah, right, feel free to chime in whenever you want. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're talking about week six of the 2001 season, and uh, we've gotten to the first game that you can actually uh, call by name. I think if uh, you said the David Patton game to any Pats fan who was around during this season, they would immediately know which game you're talking about. So I think maybe we start there. Um, let's start with David Patton. Um, for those who haven't watched this game or became fans after this this season or anything like that, um, this the reason it's called the David Patton game is because he was the first player since Walter Payton back in 1979 to run, catch, and throw a touchdown pass. Well, a touchdown in general, I suppose. You don't run a touchdown pass. Um, and he did it all in the first half of this football game. And actually just over a quarter. It was like a quarter and a half. He did it very quickly. Um, Steve, what did you think about David Patton? Did you? Is this something you remembered? Oh, yeah. This is the first game that I remember really yeah. from this season. And then rewatching it, on that um, passing TD he had, 
Yeah. Literally the exact same play as the Edelman to Dola. Yes. Yes, it was. It was that block in front of it. It's the same setup. It's the same route with Troy Brown being Amendola. Yeah. It's crazy. And and I think the pass from both of those wide receivers was spot on. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do we know if um, David Patton was a quarterback at any time in his career? Because that throw was, it was a dime. Troy Brown didn't even break stride. He was just gone. No. And it just, he just dropped it right in his bucket. It was a perfect throw. And it's not like it was a short one either. It was similar to, to Edelman. It was around like the 50-yard line or so. Yeah, it was a bomb. They called it. Yeah. But all, all three of those touchdowns were pretty like spectacular in, in nature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, I was reading the, 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 glo- the post-game Boston Globe, and one of the articles was um, Charlie Weiss. And they were asking about the game plan. And basically, um, Weiss was saying that he knew that the Colts would probably sell out or overreact to stop the run on first down because the last time they met him, they gave up 177 yards on the ground. So they decided to just um, take shots on first down basically every time in the first half. And so the first play from scrimmage was... um, the reverse to counter that, you know, overreaction and selling out on the run and that worked for touchdown. Well, didn't they have and a three then, and out before that though? That's did. Um, no, that was, that was their first right because so yeah, let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. The first drive of the game, Colts got the ball first, drove immediately down the field, which they would do all game. Uh, kind of petered out in the red zone and then went to kick what was basically a chip shot field goal, like a 20, like 27, 30 yard field goal from Mike Vanderjerk. And uh, he got it blocked. And so the Pats recovered it and returned it to the Colts 30. And then the first play after that was the reverse, which nope. went for a touchdown. Yeah. Now I think. Yeah, so what is I, I think it's just reverse because it was like a pitch to the left and then the reverse coming from the left to the right. So I think it's I think that's a reverse, but I, I don't know what an end around is. I think that's just when the re, the receiver's coming and he gets let's, it. Let's just call it a double reverse because it sounds way more badass. All right, fair enough. So yeah, so they scored on what we're calling a double reverse because it's badass. And that was the first offensive play of the game for the Patriots, which started on the Colts 30 and went for a touchdown. Um, Brady and, on that too. Yeah, he was, he was actually the lead blocker. They, they pulled, I think it was the center and him, and the two of them were the lead blocker on that play. Yeah, he had a sick which, cut block on that. Uh, I put blocker in quotes in my notes. That's honestly, Best block I've ever seen Brady throw. If you watch him block now, he doesn't do any of that. He like oh, if you watch him block now, it's exactly the fucking same. Dude, <laughs> he just gets in front of a guy and falls over, and they have to jump over him, and that slows him down long enough. I could block better than him. That's right. probably the only thing you can do better than him. Yes, I would agree with That's that. Better than Brady. Yeah, <laughs> I'm faster than Brady too. I don't know. He's gotten faster now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But apparently, uh, I think I think we touched on it when you guys weren't here. But we looked it up, and Brady and Vince Wilfork ran about the same forty time. 
Yeah, I keep getting a guy at work yeah. to try and run a faster four than Brady because he thinks he's faster. But yeah, so if you look up uh, Brady's forty was five point two eight seconds, and Will Fork's forty was five point oh eight seconds. Vince Wolfork was faster by two tenths of a second. Well, I think Vince Wolfork's pretty fast. He's a he's a baller. Yeah, you seen him play basketball in hard knocks. Oh yeah. When he keeps calling out Kobe every time he drains a shot. Yeah, pretty sure he called out <laughs> Vlade Divac at one point. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> the most ridiculous person to compare yourself to. He's amazing. But he's he's nimble for a big dude. Oh yeah. He had a couple of interceptions. And I think on one of them he, he had a, a what you could generously call a juke move and then a stiff arm. Man's uh, multi-talented, multi-faceted. Damn right. Who we will see eventually on this podcast, but let's not spoil that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, this was basically how this game went, at least in the first half, where the Colts would literally just waltz down the field, get into the red zone. This is like the the early bend don't break defense from the Patriots, which was frustrating a little bit. Um, but then as soon as I, I think they mentioned a stat, I kind of only caught it briefly. And I think they said that the Colts had scored a touchdown on every red zone possession they'd had up until that point in the season. And yeah, then I think they scored. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then in this game, they were one for like five or six. Oh, it was they, really they bad. Yeah. So the first one they went down and had the field goal blocked and, um, which leads me to talk about Mike Vanderjack, who watching this game with the earrings and everything, I looked uh, at him. Yeah, I too. And he looks like a nerdy football version of Dane Cook. Okay. I can yeah. see that. He, he is the football version of Dane Cook. I which, kept trying to see if he had both ears pierced or just one. I think it was both. I, I mean, like my gut tells me it's both, but I couldn't confirm that. Yeah, no, I, I, I had the same, the same gut feeling. I wanted to know, and, I, and they never quite showed it where he like turned his head so you could see both of them. But I'm pretty sure it was both ears. But and like big fucking diamonds too. They weren't just like little things. They were like obvious. Kelly says that was like the thing back then. Double Our massive red earrings. Style expert <laughs> Kelly. A tie-dye shirt and <laughs> yeah, Kelly clearly has no taste if she's married to you, Greg. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> my name is Kelly Brown. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, did Did you know that uh, Vander Jack was on that movie, The Garbage Picking Field Goal Kicking Philadelphia <laughs> Phenomenon with Tony? No, D- he was the stunt double. <laughs> uh, did he get any kicks blocked? <laughs> no, that he was a phenomenon. Oh well, he wasn't in this game because, uh, not to spoil the surprise, but uh, of the five drives in the first quarter, uh, the Colts drove into the red zone three three on all three of their drives. Uh, had three field goal attempts. And had more of them blocked than actually made. Because 
on uh so the pats you know score their touchdown colts immediately drive down the field and actually kick a field goal um then the pages go three and out which i think was the only time they did that in this game um so you're like all right here you go the colts are colts are gonna start doing their thing uh colts hit a a deep pass to harrison marvin harrison um who i thought was a bit of a diva in this game every time he fell over he hauled off the field and then came back on like two plays later completely fine actually i have that stat that you're talking about andy i wrote it down what is it they were seven for seven on gold goes that's what it was when they yes. got that big pass play yeah at cool. that point in the season so yeah so pretty good they get know? down because it was like a it was a broken uh, coverage and Harrison was wide open and I believe it was to Bucky Jones ran his ass down yeah. and caught him at the three and literally like horse tackled the shit out of him. Yeah, horse collared the shit out of him. For there sure. are so many horse collars in these games. Um, so that saved the touchdown and, but it set him up, set up the Colts at first and goal from the two. I think it was. And like you said, they, they had scored a touchdown on every single goal to go possession that they had had all season. It was seven for seven or whatever it was. Um, and the Colts go three and out from there. Just like didn't look good. Um, so Pages hold them to a field goal, and they're literally kicking a field goal from you know line of scrimmage to the two yard line, and it gets blocked again. And the look on uh, Dane Cook's face was amazing. It was up there with Peyton Manning, which we'll get to I think later in this game. Oh, so many good Manning faces in oh, this. Oh, it's so good. Them all down. Yeah, and so um, didn't he, wasn't then, he too Vanderjack? Say it again. Wasn't Vanderjack a drunk too? Uh, that was a rumor. Yeah, it was like a thing between him and Manning, where yeah. they're in the off season calling each other out, and like Manning called him a drunk. Yeah, and they they used to blame each other for all sorts of shit. Because wasn't there like a playoff game against the Steelers where he missed what should have been the game winner? Yep. Yeah. When oh, because. It was the Steelers were driving for a touchdown and they fumbled it. And then, like, Roethlisberger ran the guy down and they had to settle for a field goal and they missed it or some shit. Yeah, apparently they were down three and he missed a field goal of 46 yeah. to tie it. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Threw his helmet on the ground, picked up yeah. a yard on Sportsmanlike. <laughs> Fucking useless. Um,. So, yeah, so he had two field goals blocked in the first quarter of this game. And they, they set a stat where um, he, up to that point, he had had 100 field goal attempts before this game and had had two of them blocked in those 100 kicks. And then he doubled that today and just looked like garbage. Uh, even, I, was he, he was a good kicker, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, he couldn't even do kickoffs. Like, his kickoffs would reach, like, the 13-yard line. I feel like all of them are like that in this day and age. Well, I thought Vinatieri was at least getting it, like, inside the five pretty much every time. Yeah. Like, every once in a while, I'll go in the end of them. But Vanderjack wasn't even close on any of them. Um, so that's the end of the first quarter was the, the block field goal. So second quarter was... Um, couple of drives that ended in punts and then um, there's like a field possession game Colts punted it and pinned the pages back on their nine yard line if my math yeah. is correct 
And first play is Brady hitting Patton on the 91-yard touchdown, which was at the time the longest play in Patriots history, which I wrote it down somewhere. Is there any more between that one and the Welker one? Oh, you're right. Yeah, because the Welker one is now officially, it's the longest play. Yeah, that one's get, 99. It's 99 yards. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wonder if there's any like 92s or 3s or 4s. I don't remember. We'll probably come across them, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Neither can, can I. You, Greg? No, nothing comes to mind. Did you happen to catch, Steve, um, what the record was broken on that 91-yard pass play? Like no. who held it before? It was a 90-yard touchdown uh, from Tony Eason to Craig James, of all people. Oh my goodness, those are some, those are some names. Oh, I suppose you guys are probably a little bit too young for those names. Yeah, but like a running back, maybe. Craig James, I believe. Yeah, but uh, Tony Eason was, um, supposed to be Drew Bledsoe before Drew Bledsoe, basically. Right. And fucking wasn't. I think he was the one that got um, manhandled in the Super Bowl against the Bears back in the day. Right. This is that guy. So, yeah, so that was literally the first play of that drive. Um, so Colts get the kickoff, and I think that's – oh, no, that comes up soon. Colts get the ball back, go three and out, real ugly drive. Uh, you can tell that the Patriots' defense is confusing the shit out of Manning, and Manning had a rough day in this. I think he ended up like decent numbers. He did. Uh, he had like 300 yards passing. Yeah, so if you look at the, the game stats, he actually did okay. Is that not the story of his career or what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. Well, great numbers. But, yeah, I mean, let's see. In this game alone, yeah, 22 of 34, 335 yards and a touchdown. But he was sacked for four, four times and he had a fumble that we'll get to soon enough. Because that was embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Um, but actually, on the season, they showed a stat that coming into this game, he'd thrown nine touchdowns and nine interceptions already. But, I mean, he threw a handful of those, I guess, uh, in the week against the Patriots, which two of those got returned for touchdowns. And then I think he threw three the week before this as well. You remember the end of the season, pretty even, like one to one or close to it. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. It was not a great look for him but he he got um he got absolutely lit up in this game too well like one play play, i think it was in the second quarter where he like goes to scramble Mm -hmm. and he starts taking a couple steps and realizes this is the wrong decision (laughs) kind of does awkwardly slide gets like blown up yeah he just starts looking for someone to blame (laughs) oh my god just constantly yeah because he got he got hit from the front and then also somebody coming around the back, absolutely. Oh, no, that was a different too. Manning witch. That one was. Oh. <laughs> right, that, that was the hit I was talking about. It was. Watch this game for the Manning witch. Yeah, because it's the hardest I've ever seen him get hit. And you could tell, like, he probably should have taken a playoff. Um, that's actually coming out real soon. So let's, let's not spoil that surprise. But. Before that, the Colts had a three and out where it was, you know, one of those things where Manning had no idea what he was doing. He was seeing ghosts, as Sam Darnold would say. 
um, getting hit all over the place, not really sure what's going on. So they go three and out, punt the ball back to the Patriots. The next play, first down, the Colts are looking for the run, and the Patriots pull off the the trick pass, the Brady to Patton to Brown touchdown on the first play of the drive. So now already halfway through the second quarter, the fifth drive of the, the second quarter, Patton has completed his trifecta, which is fucking amazing. Uh, but like we said already at the beginning, uh, the, the throw was an absolute dime. It was dropped right in the bucket. And Troy Brown, I wrote, and this, like I had seen it before, like on punts and stuff, but he makes every catch that he makes just look easy. Like he's not even trying. Like he just, okay. Yeah, he's got awesome hands. Yeah, but it's just like he just kind of like tosses his hands out there right the last second. The ball just like drops in them. Like even even punts, it looks like he's just catching them on his hip without really trying. You know, it's yeah. just muffed that one against uh, Miami though. He did, yeah, and uh, he made a comment after that game where because they had cut into the beginning of the game for some like news announcement, and they were telling him about that about how uh, the game was on TV. He's like, uh, was was my punt muff on TV? They're like, yeah, we caught that. He's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the Patriots go and first play from scrimmage, trick play, touchdown, and then the Colts get the ball back and um, on the kickoff, drop it, drop the kickoff, get pinned at the two their own two-yard line. Um. Start driving again, and this is the one where with the Manning Witch, he gets absolutely plastered, mm. and um, and you can tell he's hurt because I think actually one of the defenders got hurt too. Like it was, it was a pretty brutal collision, and so Manning was able to kind of like recover while they're carting off the Pages defender. So the next play, they decide they're going to run the ball, hand it off to Edgar and James, who immediately fumbles the ball back to the Patriots. So soft, as Michael yeah, said. So soft. Yeah, well, actually, I, I was the one that was ragging on him for being soft in that last game, I think. Yeah. And I thought he actually played better this game. He was actually running through yeah. people and making people miss. But I think that probably has to do with him playing on the dome and it being a quick surface and all that. But, um, yeah, so Pages get the ball back. Immediately, they actually drive down the field, um, get into the red zone, and instead of having their field goal blocked, they decide to throw a touchdown. Uh, play action Brady to Wiggins that very typical one that you've seen probably for the last 20 years now where they mm-hmm. line up in the heavy set everybody plays like it's a run except for the the tight end or someone like that who just kind of does a quick little in pattern and Brady doesn't even look he just kind of fakes the handoff spins around just chucks it towards the uh, the back of the end zone just your very stereotypical Patriots red zone touchdown that you don't see anymore. And then uh, that's just about the half. Colts had one last drive. Super sloppy, um, but they managed to get into Pat's territory and just barely managed to kick a field goal. So at the half, we're looking at 28-6, and this game is fucking over. Um, the one thing I want to bring up about the that last drive, though, with the Colts is... I think they were at a bit of a disadvantage because the play clock at the RCA dome, like this, 
I don't know if all the stadiums were this bad. And we just don't remember because that's how it was back in the day. But these stadiums were kind of hot garbage. Like the RCA Dome then, like they had the shitty turf, but they their clocks, like the game clock, wasn't working through two and a half quarters. Like they finally got them back on at the end of like the third quarter-ish. So they had them for the fourth quarter. But there's no game clock. So the, the time was just being kept by the referee on the field. And every once in a while, I'd be like, there's eight minutes left in the, in the quarter. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that was part of, partly to blame for the, the Colts, like trying to drive down, not knowing how much time is left on the, the clock and all this stuff, and just kind of like calling shitty timeouts when they have plenty of time left or not calling timeouts because they don't know how much time they have left. But um, it was just kind of a, a shitty. All I'm saying stadium. is if that happened at Gillette Stadium, there'd be something gate attached to it. Oh, yeah. oh 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that happened anywhere in the age of social media, people would lose their minds. Yeah. No, that's very true, actually. They really would. There's so much more accountability to stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it'd be more so with the Patriots, though. I mean, you're still hearing about headsets going out all over the place, but the only time it ever actually makes the news is when it happens in Gillette. Homer podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, who the fuck else is going to do a podcast going back and re-watching Patriots game from 2001? the deflator, Andy. <laughs> deflator. He destroyed his phone. Uh, nobody else has doctored footballs and bragged about it. Anybody been caught on TV. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Like the podcast, Greg. I see it anyway. Yeah, you can, you can get back on when you become a homer again. Yeah, that's right. We, ain't, we don't have room for doubters on this podcast. Thank you very Greg, much. Greg, you're out. Kelly, you're in. <laughs> What's that? Kelly, thoughts on Deflategate? Bullshit. Maybe yeah, Kelly's in. <laughs> Greg, you're out. I mean, you didn't even watch the game, Greg, so what are you complaining about? Dude, I the highlights in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. So did Kelly, so she's just as important. <laughs> uh, you know, just for that, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to go out and and say that uh, Ty Law did not have a good game this game. So how dare you? He did. <laughs> He's on Marvin. Marvin shoot me. Forty yards. Yeah. Mar- Marvin Harrison went off in this game. Dude, they only gave up 17 points according to the scoreboard that I'm looking this at. Is, this is true, but Marvin Harrison basically. Ate Ty Law for lunch. Dude, his hamstring was acting up. He had a bad night's sleep the night before. Yeah, and Harrison still, with all that against him, managed to... Although there were... I mean, I think it was a lot of scheme stuff because in some of the replays, the the, uh, commentators didn't actually notice that, I don't think, because it wasn't as prevalent back then as it is now, but there was a whole lot of what nowadays would be called as offensive pass interference with like the crossers kind of like throwing a shoulder into the oh, yeah. trailing defensive back sort of shit. So there's a lot of that happening, especially in like uh, the two minute drives and stuff like that. So I think there was a lot of scheming to get Harrison open on Ty Law, but he still got lit up. Just in general, there's way more like, we see now is like that's a penalty, that's a penalty, that's a penalty. Just oh my god, yes, all the time, just constantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're at the half, um, and then coming out of the half, they showed a couple of different 
uh, stats, which kind of surprised me. Um, the first was that the Pats this year at, at the half here um, had outscored the Colts 48-6 to in the first half of games this season, which is, I mean, usually you would think it the other way because the Colts putting up points, but like that's really bad. And the other one that was kind of the opposite was that so far this season, the Pages have been outscored 44 to 10 in the third quarter, which is exactly the opposite of what you would expect from a Belichick team who, especially nowadays, kind of almost seem to just be playing a little bit vanilla in the first half to figure out what adjustments need to be made. They go in at halftime, make the adjustments come out, and just absolutely put the screws to whoever they're playing. Um, but it sounds like I'm the only one that found that interesting. So I'm more about the uh, clutch quarterback poll they tried to put out there. <laughs> I actually I took a screenshot of that, the NFL.com interactive poll. Um, and it is your team has two minutes left, eighty yards to go, no timeouts, and you're down four points. Which QB do you want leading your team? Here are your options: Oh, cool. Marino, Brett Favre, John Elway, Joe Montana. Phil Sims or Troy Aikman, and that's not bad. The, the caveat here was um, I, I don't, don't know which announcer it was, but he said, uh, "Just so you know, we're not saying it's Joe Montana. We're say, not saying it's Joe Montana now. Of course, it's Joe Montana at his peak." Mm, good clarification, right? Yeah. And they were <laughs> hard on on Joe Montana. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, who were the commentators in this? It was Ian Eagle and Solomon Wilcox. Mm. And I believe Solomon Wilcox said something along the lines of, um, I've seen him beat me in a Super Bowl in, in a two-minute drill, so I'll take him or something like that. It's Ian Eagle. There. Yes. Yeah. Him in. Good. I, I've said that a few times. I don't know if you were there for yeah, such a moment. He's done so far. But yeah, I mean, you, you can't spell I-A-N and then say it's Ian. It's not. It's Ian. Imagine... Naming your kid, especially in that day and age, without like millennial names or practice <laughs> teacher, and be like, actually, it's pronounced Ian. <laughs> That'd be like Steve. Oh, be like, no, actually, actually, it's Stefan. Yeah, it's exactly. With a ph. It's like, no, you're Stephen. But I, um, I know that usually this is the 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 time where I will get riled up about the commentatings, but I actually thought they were pretty good. Oh, good. In this yeah, game, because there was one spot where they actually explained what cover two defense was, which was actually really interesting. And then they kept coming back to be like, oh, so that's the reason that Harrison was open in the middle of the field is because the cover two and the safeties had split out wide to cover guys over there. And, you know, I thought it was actually interesting to hear something useful from football commentators. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't a lot of X's and O's back then. No, there definitely wasn't. But so to hear that was actually, well, at least that I remember, but to hear that was kind of surprising and in a nice way. Yeah, like Baldy wasn't breaking it down on Twitter after the game at all. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't have Tony Romo calling out what the play was going to be before it happened sort of thing. Baldy's breakdowns are must-watch. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. They're so good. Love his voice, too. Yeah, yeah. That man loves him some offensive line play. Absolutely yeah. loves it. Yeah. But speaking of uh, shitty commentating and clutch quarterbacks, dude, they were saying 
the other night, uh, that Seattle San Francisco game that went into overtime. Oh yeah. That Russell Wilson was the most clutch quarterback playing in the game today. What an outrageous statement when like the play he's most known for is throwing a pick in a super bowl to finish the game. And Tom you could say Tom Brady's not the best quarterback, whatever, like skill wise, but undoubtedly the most clutch. Yeah, I mean, look what he did at the end of last season. And then Russell Wilson just goes and throws an interception in overtime. (laughs) I I was losing my mind. Like, All right, Greg, Greg's back on the bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> We're getting riled up. <laughs> Love it. That's better. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Most clubs playing in our game today. What an asshole. Oh, it's garbage. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the second half of this game. Um, I did actually watch it, even though not much happened. Um, the In the third quarter, the kind of... Only real exciting thing was um, Harrison beating Tight Law on a corner fade for a touchdown, the first touchdown and the only, the only touchdown the Colts score. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, because what did they end up with? Seventeen. Yeah, they went for two, and they got it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so because they kicked two fields, they went for two and got it, even though it didn't look like they did. But I think that was just the guy's helmet getting knocked off. He got hit so hard. Um. So that was kind of third quarter. A couple of field goals happened. Nothing exciting. Um, beginning of the fourth quarter was what I think was Brady's play of the game. Um, and I actually uh, ripped a highlight of it because Brady, it was one of those Brady avoiding pressure in the pocket, but just by taking a couple steps here and there. Mm-hmm. And then he stepped up to the line of scrimmage and realized that he was real close to it. And so, but he had Troy Brown running downfields. He's standing at like the 50, and he chucked it to the goal line, standing like straight up with his feet side by side. So he didn't even get to like throw into it. He didn't want to go over the line of scrimmage. He was kind of like leaned back and just hucked the football 50 yards, like just from a standstill with not even putting his body into it. And uh, that got called pass interference because the ball kind of hung a little bit, which is fine because he of the way he threw it. Um, and so the Pats got the ball at the two, and then Brady throws another play-action touchdown to David Patton this time, which was that almost the exact same play, but it was David Patton on the slant instead of a tight end lined up tight. But it was the quick play-action spin around, just hucking it. I think Brady just aims for the, uh, the, the goalpost, I just expect his wide receiver to be right there at the time because it doesn't really seem like he has enough time to actually turn around, locate who he's throwing it to, and actually place it where he needs it to be, but it, it ends there every time. It was a snag, too. Yeah, really. Oh, was. yeah. So I, I was wondering how tall David Patton was. Steve, how tall are you? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. Patton's got an inch on you. <laughs> David Patton's playing wide receiver in the NFL at five foot ten. Which is bananas. This was like his rookie year, right? Or no, I think he'd actually been around, but this was his first year on the Patriots. Yeah, he, you want to hear uh, his history? Yeah, give me his history. Yeah, he went to Western Carolina, where he really didn't do anything. 
then went to the Arena Football League. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, yeah, they, they mentioned that. Yeah. For the Albany Firebirds. And then he kicked around the Giants for three years, the Browns for a year. And he's then more, he was he never was like uh, the he was more of a kick returner for the Giants and, and all that. Yeah, like, he was catching like 15 balls a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picks. Yeah, so his first year on the Patriots was 2001 because he had three years with the Giants, one year with Cleveland, and then. Yeah. You want to hear something else interesting? Yeah, give it to me. Played uh, football in South Carolina. The quarterback that was thrown that for this high school team. Yeah. Oki Reese. What? The, the shortstop? <laughs> yeah, the shortstop from the website. That's amazing. <laughs> Oki. I bet that team was amazing. <laughs> I bet Pokey was a great name right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's top 10. Pokey Reese. It's amazing. Especially because he, he never hit for power, so all his hits were poked somewhere. Poke it out there to left field. Yeah, that's right. Just pokey it. <laughs> defense, though. Yeah. One of the best defensive shortstops I've ever seen. The, his, his ops on... Uh, balls hit to him. I've never seen anybody jump that high that wasn't in the NBA. <laughs> like it looks like he's climbing ladders to go catch things, oh. and not. And then not talk, we're not talking fly balls. We're talking line drives that should be going into the gap. And Dude, what about Noma? No. <laughs> Noma. Noma. He was he was a give, but he was he was more of a dirt dog than anything. Yeah, you're right. Um. All right, uh, so oh, we're in the fourth quarter. That's right. Um, so Brady throws a touchdown, and the Colts, it's like their last chance to make it a game, drive down at the red zone yet again. Manning drops back to pass under no pressure whatsoever, goes to throw to a wide-open guy in the middle, I think it was a tight end, and the ball just literally falls out of his hand. Patch recover. It looked like... Um, James Winston special. Yeah, it was one of those Winston just like just threw it backwards, just out of nowhere, had like no pressure, no nothing, beautiful pocket, and just ball just flies out, pass recover, and the booze. This this I think those two things that made this play so good. One was this was peak Manning shrug. And I think you both know what I mean by Manning shrug, where he has the face on, of course, right? Because it's it's Manning face. But the shrugging that he does. Where he puts both hands out in like jazz hands and just starts like shrugging violently was amazing. Oh, yeah. And then the booze. I mean, the booze actually started in the first quarter. I had no sense that there's a ton of booing for the Colts. Just constant booing. It started on the opening Patriots touchdown. It started on the field goal. The first yeah, block. It, yeah, it got worse on both block field goals. And then every time they took a sack. Um, they were booing plays that they thought should have been pass interference that were blatantly not pass interference. Um, then <laughs> the one time they didn't boo is um at the end of the first half. I think it was. Let me see. Was it after the the dropped? No. Oh yeah. It was, so it was after they um they dropped the the kickoff and got pinned at the two yard line. 
Pace went on to score a touchdown off of the ensuing drive and then kicked off. And um, they actually managed to, to take a touchback on that play. And they got uh, the sarcastic cheer, which is one of my favorite things in football. Mm. <laughs> That's where they got cheered for doing I something that. that should just be something that they should do every time. Oh, I saw that in the Bruins game tonight. <laughs> Buffalo got 12 shots before we got one. And then the first shot, the whole TD Garden cheered the Bruins <laughs> like 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there's, there's nothing better than the sarcastic cheer. Can we... Uh, can we- Go back to the Manning face a little bit. Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, we can do a whole episode on it if you want. <laughs> Is there like a, like a YouTube supercut of Manning face? There's got to be, right? Probably. If there isn't, we'll make one. Which one do you prefer? The, the Peyton Manning face or the Eli Manning face? Peyton Manning face. Right? I 100%. Think the Peyton is very much like everybody else sucks. Yeah. You guys do what I want you to do. And the Eli... <laughs> Face is like, where am I? Not yeah. <laughs> sacked. I am so. <laughs> am I late for something? Face, but you can tell they're different. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. One's much more rooted in confusion. The other one's much more rooted in like derision. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so it's it it fuels my soul. The man, the um, Eli, the best. No, I I'm still Peyton because in this game. Like at the end of it, uh, Patriots get the ball and they're they're like just like running out the clock. They had like a seven or eight minute drive in the the fourth quarter, so there's like two minutes left. Yeah, and he is literally just kind of going at anybody that will listen to him. So like the offensive line just sitting on the on the thing, and you can see him just like gesticulating and like yelling and all this stuff. And then they cut back to him a couple minutes later. He's doing the same thing to the offensive line coach who's standing there like trying to watch the game, and he's just like yelling at the side of his head. It's going full, full rivers. Oh, going on and on and on. <laughs> rivers is the best for that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But this is this is the same sort of idea. I love it. it. Was, yeah. yeah, just throwing a pouty hissy fit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um. So yeah, and actually, the end of the game was kind of pissy just in general because Pat's ate up a shit ton of. Um, shit ton of time on their last drive and get it to the two minute warning. And so, out of the two minute warning, the Pats are up three touchdowns. And uh, so they take a knee and the Colts call a timeout. Yeah, I thought that was such bullshit. Down three touchdowns after the two minute warning. So the page is like, fuck it, we'll run plays. So they ran three more plays. And instead of kicking the field goal on fourth down, they went for it on like fourth and seven and got six and a half yards. So the Colts got the ball back with 51 seconds left. So what do they do? They put Mark Rippon in, the backup quarterback. Remember Mark Rippon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Redskins great Mark Rippon. And then they hand it off twice. But so they hand it off the first time, the Patriots call a timeout. (laughs) Just so the Colts can run it again, and then the game ends. (laughs) I think the Patriots should have gone for a touchdown there. Just said, fuck you. I think think if they had gotten the first down, they would have. I think they would have kept throwing the ball and and actually run up the score. So, I respect it though. You know, if I, I would have, if they put Manning back in there and be like, like redeem yourself, you like have one last drive, but they didn't. They put the backup in and ran it twice. Like, why the fuck call the timeouts? Because fuck that, dude. It's it's professional football. No, that's bullshit. No, 
I, I'm of the opposite opinion. I don't care how much I'm losing by. I want to lose by less. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that's fine. But then, well, then put your starters out and fucking try to score that last touchdown. That's true. I'd put the starters. Yeah, don't put your backup quarterback in and run it up the middle twice. Yeah. Fuck's the point of that? That's but true. The one other thing I wanted to bring up in this, and I'm a little sad that we have to do it without Mike here because it's his boy, but you missed in the last game perhaps the funniest play so far of the season. Uh, punter Lee Johnson. He got a... Uh, it was in the fourth quarter against the Chargers. Got um, they, they were punting in their own ends caught the ball at like the 10-ish yard line and saw a free rusher coming off. So instead of rushing his punt, he tried to take the ball and put it around his back and sidestep the guy. But he didn't fool the guy. So the guy just grabbed him and threw him to the ground as Lee Johnson flailed the ball out of his hands. And then the, the guy that tackled him picked up the football while Lee Johnson stood there thinking the play was over. And then the guy ran in for a touchdown to put the pages down 10 points with eight minutes left. Um, so that was the last play of Lee Johnson's career as a Patriot mm. as uh, Ken Walter took over punting duties from here on out and um, if you thought Mike Vanderjack looked nerdy fucking Ken Walter with that face mask that's kind of like way too low and it looks like he has his Helmet pulled too far down over his head, so his face mask is like covering his chest, and his chin strap is under his neck, and that's how he punts footballs. Jesus Christ! It it yeah. almost looked like um, Ryan's story entire in terms of the size of his nose. Yeah, he's got a huge nose. Look ridiculous. Yeah, and and um, shout out to Ryan Story, our our good friend. Um, you who, we, who we call um, Toucan Sam, just because of the size of his his massive honker. And I think Ken Walter would give him a run for his money. I think Ken Walter, with his helmet on, if he ran into a wall, would hit it nose first. Ken Walter, with a nose like that, should be in the National Jewish Museum Sports Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all back. I love it. <laughs> all right. So that's the game. Uh, let's do some best and worst. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Give me your best and worst, Greg. I'm going to steal David Patton, obviously. All right. Did you have uh, any specific David Patton that was your best? Well, I mean, the fact it's the David Patton game, dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And every touchdown being ridiculous that he scored or yeah. three or four. Yeah, there are uh, no easy ones that he scored. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, to this day, I still remember it as the David Patton game, right? So oh, yeah. it kind of speaks for itself. I agree. Um, and then for worst, I'll take myself for watching the wrong game. <laughs> That's a game. <laughs> All right, at least you own up to it. At least you're honest. That's fine. <laughs> Next week will be better, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Steve, give me your best and worst. Mm, I mean, I, the best is definitely the Manning Witch. Yeah, that was a good one. That's, I did enjoy Like that. I said, I'd forgotten that, and it's the hardest I've ever seen him get hit. Kind of got that, like, he got it in the back first, which he didn't see coming. Yeah. As he started to get fall forward, the guy coming from the front, who he did see coming, got him right in the chest. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of got like the old whiplash. It was, it was yeah. brilliant. He was real woozy. I think the worst is, you know, some of the tackling on Edron James. He, he kind of tore it up. 
Yeah, James went for, I had it written down here somewhere. He went for 140 some odd yards on 30 carries. Like he, he didn't score a touchdown though. They, they couldn't, they couldn't do any, anything short yardage. But yeah, he, he rebounded nicely from his, because the only game they, they posted that the only game he didn't rush for 100 yards so far in the season was the first Patriots matchup. So. I almost felt like the Patriots, once they got up big, they just said, if you want to hand it off to Edgar and James, keep doing it. As long as Manning's not throwing, you're not going to catch up quick. So I'll give you that. Um, my best, I think, was um, a play we didn't actually talk about. I, I forgot because um, I watched this a few days ago. But um, Manning had a pass uh, knocked up in the air by the defensive lineman. I think in the first half at some point, and it was caught by his left guard, who then decided to take off downfield and with blazing speed managed to get um, two whole yards on the completion. So it was Manning completion to whoever's left guard was. Marshall Newhouse catching uh, it and then immediately fumbling. <laughs> that's true, yes. <laughs> there is that. Poor Marshall Newhouse. Left tackle, baby. He's trying his best. <laughs> I think my, my worst was um, the Colts calling bullshit timeouts after two-minute warning and then getting the ball back with 50 seconds left and throwing their B team out there to run it up the middle. I disagree. That's some chicken shit stuff. It's chicken shit, Greg. I, I had one question that I wanted to pose. Yeah, go ahead. Well, David Patton. Um, who are you taking as a, a like a more influential Patriot, David Tatton or Dion Branch? I know. Probably you Dion. Try, you want to just ask that question one more time without um, opening an entire pack of gum while you're doing it? Oh, Kelly, putting some mozzarella <laughs> in the <laughs> spinach artichoke dip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Oh, Kelly needs a man's hand here. Jesus Christ. You want to crinkle some aluminum foil while you're at it? Great TV. Um, well, here's here's kind of the thought behind it, right? I think Dion Branch probably had better stats, you know, more yards, more catches, touchdowns, and all that. But mm-hmm. Patton had some huge catches in those first three Super Bowls, right? He had the uh, the one against the Steelers from Bledsoe. Yep. He had one in the first t- in the first Super Bowl against the Rams. That was exactly the same play as the one. Yeah, Bledsoe. Yeah. This game, like, if you talk about memorable games, to me, David Patton had more or memorable catches. I don't know. Deion Branch had that Super Bowl MVP though. That's the other side of the argument. Yep. Yeah. He also had that play against the Bears. Uh, in the snow where he caught a touchdown right at the end of the half that I remember. Um, and he also came back. Yeah. So Patton. Pat, did Patton come back? Mm-hmm. Yep. Patton went to the Redskins, right? He went to the Redskins, the Saints with the Browns and then uh, signed back with the Pats in 2010. I don't think he actually played. I don't think he did because his, sta- his res- rushing and receiving stats on Pro Football Reference yeah, in 2008. Squad. Yeah. And then All he right. Was- yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. Though. He came back. I mean, I think they're both 
second to um, Troy Brown. But oh, I, yeah. think, I think, I think you can make a case for either one of them. Yeah, I think you can make a case for either Patton or, or Dion Branch. Yeah. The, have you seen the um, – it might be the Globe that's doing, like, Patriots Dynasty rosters. No. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you you pick, like, an all-time Patriots Dynasty team, and you pick, like, what are, like, four receivers, you know. You go through every position. Mm-hmm. We should do a live pick for a podcast. Like a draft? Yeah, because it's actually, like – it. It's pretty interesting. There's a lot of questions like this where it's like, ooh, Patton or Branch? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I've actually done that for uh, the Patriots Dynasty website. We did a uh, an all. You're a fucking nerd. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your thunder by having done this two years well, ago. I activated but... to my list afterwards. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. And it was, uh, it was voted on by the Patriots subreddit. <laughs> so... And I think the most contentious was who do you put at cornerback two? Well, it's Ty. Oh, yeah, Ty Lock is cornerback one. Who do you put at cornerback two? Yeah. Gilmore, Revis. Well, it's, it's probably Gilmore now, but is it pre Gil? I would say so. With the season he's having this season, I don't know. I mean, Dwell Revis had a shutdown season. They won a Super Bowl. He did. Yep. And Malcolm Butler, I mean, for obvious reasons. I think you could put Asante Samuel in that list, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he was never, like, beloved either. His his numbers were great, though. (laughs) What was that? Kelly Kelly says Willie McGinnis. (laughs) Cornerback. Yeah, big Willie style. Good effort, Kelly. Good effort. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yikes alright well I think that wraps it up for this episode of the Pages Dynasty podcast who are we looking at next week boys Broncos I'm gonna write oh, yeah we're going to Mile High Stadium to find out why um, Windy City yeah why the, why the Patriots um, big easy had issues in mile high and that will start next week well we'll see what happens but until then um we will talk to you guys soon happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving that's right not that this will be aired at thanksgiving but forever next next thursday for us is thanksgiving so happy thanksgiving to you and yours Ooh, let's do a thanksgiving episode uh all right guys Alright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to you soon, boys. Sleep tight, beautiful. You know it. Love you too. I didn't say I love you. I love you. I love, I love you. you too. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys.